It's the time of year when we're all thinking about goals and priorities. Now is the time to plan your next trip. Whatever kind of travel fills you up, whether it's lounging on the beach, connecting with family and friends, or going on a foreign adventure, Expedia has the tools you need to plan a great trip. Download the Expedia app or visit Expedia.com to start planning. You do need to be a OneKey member to use price tracking. Signing up is easy and free. Expedia, made to travel. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card, you call the number for help, and can't get a hold of anyone. If you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right, a real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Oprah Winfrey. Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time. Taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. Hello, Bradley Cooper! Hey, you. Thank you for being here yes. and sitting in the audience this whole time oh. watching everybody else. And I just want to, I'm just going to speak for all of us. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, what a privilege it is for all of us to be here watching you do what you do so well. For you to have this day here and have all these incredible people, for me to bear witness and all of us, thank you. Oh, Bradley Cooper, thank you. So I know you were at the Oscar nominee luncheon yesterday. Yeah. You've been several times. I will tell you the first time, uh, well, uh, yes, the first time I was ever there, I was nominated for Color Purple. And Gene Siskel, remember Gene Siskel? Of course. Gene Siskel, famous movie critic, Siskel and Ebert, said to me, you're not going to win. You're not going to win the Academy Award. So go to that luncheon, enjoy it. And if I were you, I'd take the bun and bronze it. And that will be your thing. So I actually did, at the end of the lunch, I took the roll. I put it in a napkin. I put it in my purse. I bronzed it. Wow. And that, that bronzed biscuit roll is now at the Smithsonian. Wow. You showed them. I showed them. <laughs> I didn't get the Oscar, but I got my bun. OK. So tell us about that experience. I saw some video in the room, and you're talking to Spike Lee. And oh everybody. yeah, uh, it, it was it's incredible, you know. Uh, and Nicole Caruso, who's here, is my friend and publicist, said, you know, there are 12 people that have, nom have nominations yesterday from A Star Is Born, and I just thought, wow, you know, that's just it's just icing on the cake to be able to work with people and have them be recognized by the Academy for that for A Star Is Born is uh, incredible. So Oscars are in a few weeks. It's been a four-year ride for you. So on February 24th, will you finally be able to breathe and sort of let it go? Let what go? The movie? <laughs> yes. Uh, um, will it feel like done? The movie felt done a while ago. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, th this, you know, the truth is, this plays into things that have nothing to do with creating art. Um, it, it, it's, it's a whole other element of the business. Um, so, yes. So... 
It's really reconciling its effect on you. That, that's the thing that I tend to deal with. It's like, because you, you don't ever do it for, I never thought ever doing anything for, first of all, it just takes too much. It's too hard. Like you said, you have to have love to put the work in. Yes. So if it's love to get an Oscar, that, that's not enough love to, to put the, the work that's needed. And nobody who ever gets one is thinking about when you're making that movie, no. oh, gee, this is going to no, be an no, Oscar. No, it's, yeah. it's the joy of doing. I mean, yes. that's why it's, and, then, and that's why, thank God, you're able to put so much work in. Uh, this is more about just getting through it, really. This phase. Um, yeah, yeah, and, 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 and just taking all the goodness out of it. And, um, and that's it. So the nominations, the attention, the accolades mean what to you? Where do you have that in perspective? It's so surreal, uh, you know, to be able to, 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 to grab Spike Lee yesterday and talk to him, a guy who made a movie that changed my life, uh, Do the Right Thing. When I saw that movie, it, it really, yeah, it really made me rethink what I thought I knew, even as a young man growing up in Philadelphia. Um, so to be in that world, you know, I remember the first time I was nominated, Daniel Day-Lewis, I was in the same category with Daniel Day-Lewis and Denzel Washington um, and, and Hugh Jackman. And it was just, you know, to be there this year with Christian Bale, yeah. uh, Viggo Mortensen and Rami Malek, you know, and, and to be a director now, it's so surreal, Oprah, to be honest. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Um, so I just try to breathe through it, be present for it, and take all the goodness I but can. But that's a great it. experience in that room, though, because there's no pressure. Nobody's yes. going to be announced who's a winner. Yes. So nobody has to lose. That's the right. The luncheon is so great for that reason, yeah. right? But the truth is, it never feels... You only feel like you're a loser when people treat you like it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's the only downside, because the, the award show ends, and people are like... They, first of all, they avoid you a little bit, and then they, they, they do say, like, you know, it, it was a good movie. <laughs> You're like, oh, thanks, 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 thanks. I was surprised, I gotta admit, that you were not nominated for Best Director. Oh, thank you. Were you surprised by that, disappointed by that, or did you just take it in stride? Uh, I was not surprised. You were uh, not? I'm never surprised about not getting anything. Uh, but, but I did feel, you know, I, and it's funny you ask it, because I have thought about this, because I was with my friend, I was in New York City at a coffee shop, and I looked down at my phone, uh, and Nicole had texted me, and they said, you know, congratulations on these other things, but they didn't, they didn't tell me the bad news. Yes. You know? And I went, oh, wow. And, and the first thing I felt was embarrassment, actually. Oh. Well, think about it. It's a, I felt embarrassed that I didn't do my part. Um, so that, I'll work on that. It'll be, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that was the first. I was, that, well, I'm glad you at least said sense. that. But that makes sense. Think about it. I mean. But, that, but my thing is, I would, I'm, I'm at least glad you said that, because if I were you, I would be feeling some kind of way. Mm -hmm. About it. Yeah, embarrassment. I went, I went, oh gosh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do my job. But you know you did. I do. Yes. Because how do you get yeah. my thing is, how do you get nominated for best picture when the director hasn't directed if you if you aren't a best director? But the truth is, even if I got the nomination, that should not give me any sense of whether I did my job or not. That's the trick. Yes. That's the trick. Yes. The trick is to make something that you believe in and you work hard and then you have the product and you say, okay. I remember going, the first time we ever showed the movie was at the Venice Film Festival and I remember riding in the boat up there. Really, uh, at this stage of my life, I tend not to get too terrified about things. And I was really, I felt, I was sick. And I thought, oh yeah, I really do care about what people are gonna feel. Cause it, it's a, it was a very personal thing. It was yes. a very personal thing, this movie. Um, and I really did show myself in a way that I thought, Oh, wow, this is vulnerable. And I, the thing I said to myself was, if people don't like it or whatever they say, please don't let that stop inspiring you to make art. Because yes. do not give that power away. That's what you were saying to yourself. Yes, to myself. Yes. 
But so people I'm, did like it. They did like it. Yes. But, 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 it, but it goes back to my answer about the Oscars, is you can't give up that much power to things that really have nothing to do with why you're creating art or why you're doing something. And so when you're in the midst of doing it, you don't lose track of that. It's only after you come out. Well, there's too much joy. That's yes. the great thing. Yeah. And I you found joy it. in everything. Oh, yes. Down to what the graphics on the oh, screen were going to look like. Everything. Oh, the fact that I had an opportunity to co-write and direct a movie and see it from an idea in my head or a feel inspiration in my soul to showing you this story, are you kidding me? That's like, praise God. From going to Gaga's house and she made you spaghetti. And yes. then you, on the phone, yes. you all filmed your first moment. Yes. She says you can sing. Yes. What did that feel like? When she you... was wrong. I had to work hard. <laughs> 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 she was kind. Uh, it was a song. It was like the only song I could sing. It was the one I asked her to sing. And now you all are going to sing I for know. the Oscars. Yeah. Can I completely do a segue? Yes. Because I just want to say this. What? Um, you changed my life. And just talk about doing something you believe in. And no matter what, and of course, you've received so many accolades. But of course, it was a huge thing to have your own television show, 1986. Yeah. I'm 11 years old. In, I mean, I'm, I'm going to try not to lose it here. But I was 11 years old with my grandparents in Philadelphia watching Days of Our Lives in Another World, soap operas. <laughs> right, right. And, and I was there every afternoon, and when your show started, it just provided for me a, a like, uh, this sense of watching somebody. You're so authentic, you're so present, and for you to come through that television for me, and then I was able to watch it all through my adolescence, really gave me such a beautiful lesson in life about how to behave in life, mm. what I want to, that I can dream and achieve my dreams, and I'm one of the millions of people, so thank you for that. Really. And you never know. You never know who you're going to impact. You never right? know. You never know. That's the beautiful thing. You know, you never know. And then fast forward to my parents and I when I first moved to L.A. I think she lives in Santa Barbara, and we're driving. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I think there's a TV in front of her gate, so that's how we'll know. <laughs> and we drove around trying to find your house. <laughs> you could have just called me out. I had you over. I definitely would have would have had you over. It's true. It's true that first of all, I didn't know you were out there watching. Yeah. And it it is also true because one of the things that has impressed me so much was my lesson from Maya Angelou. When I had finished my school and I was sitting and she was teaching me, I was in her kitchen and she was teaching me how to do biscuits. And I said, Oh Maya, this is my school's gonna be my, just my greatest legacy. And she said, You have no idea mm. what your legacy will be because your legacy is every life you touch. Mm. It's not one thing, it's everything. It's everybody who's ever watched a show and decided right. from watching that show that they were gonna go back to school or leave an abusive relationship. It's every, so it's you who was inspired. So you're part of my legacy. That's right. That's Hello. Thank you. Speaking of that, have you seen some of the responses on social media from audiences about the movie? I, I, I saw this thing from a kid named, or maybe it wasn't a kid, but a person named Pablo who wrote, can't stop crying. Mm. I'm a man, and this movie made me realize how much I love my wife. Oh, wow. That was one of the things I read. Another man tweeted that it's been a long time since I have cried. And during the last song, All My Depression, he said, managed to leave my soul. Wow. A woman named Lisa posted on Facebook, I have never in my life been so deeply affected by 
any movie ever, ever, ever. It was really cathartic for people. And I'm wondering how that response in the vein of every life you touched, everybody who saw it, who was moved, whose heart was expanded, who loved a little bit more, that's now a part of your legacy. Mm. I'd say it, it reinforces what has been said on the stage tonight is the hope and the goodness of people and how much we need each other. Uh, the only thing I set out to do was to tap into an, as an authentic place as possible in myself and everybody I asked to make this movie to tell the story of a human story of people that are going to deal with their family life. Uh, trauma as a child, addiction in a real way, and love in this life and finding your voice. I thought, even from the beginning, why, why am I going to make this movie at 40 years old? Why am I going to direct? Because I thought, if I can do this, if I can really tap into the, what it is for me, all of those things in a story make it cinematic. Oh, singers, that's a way. And, and that, in that world, that could be cinematic. But if I could really hone in, and always, the anchors are all these things that I personally can relate to and everybody in the movie, the hope is you will relate to it. And movies, for me, since I was a child, have always uh, shattered me in a way that broke me apart, and then I was able to put myself back together because it, it, it tapped something in me that I didn't feel alone. Mm. And I thought, if I could do that for you, then that's a reason why I'm here. When I hear you read that, it reinforces my deep feeling that how much we need each other and how much we actually do love each other and what was said here and how much we actually do relate to each other no matter what. Don't go anywhere. More to come after this short break. No two travelers are exactly alike, and that means no two trips should be either. Texas' vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. Are you a beach person? Well, you'll be having fun under the sun with Texas' 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore and foodies can't get enough of Texas' world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interests. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help to support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. So I believe, and I know you know this too, that people are craving a, a, this authenticity. People are craving a sense of goodness and, and conviction. And I think people both outside and inside of Hollywood see that in you. It's what Lady Gaga and Sam Elliott have said about working with you. How did you cultivate that personal character? Uh, I mean, come right away, parents, yeah, uh, upbringing, um, age, uh, going through strife, uh, 
-hmm. going through a failure and then coming out the other side. Um, you know, I think all of those things, meditation, massive, huge, huge thing for me. Meditation is big. Prayer. Re regularly? Real, re yeah, regular meditation. The real deal. Yeah, I don't know what, I, I mean, real for me. Yeah, yeah, 20 minutes a day. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I need structure. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and uh, I think just uh, uh, my, my hope is that the, the thing that I realized when I was in my late 20s is that, oh, gosh, if I don't get my stuff together, I'm not going to fulfill my potential as a human being. And, and I, I think that started a path that I just, every day I wake up and I try to be present. And we spoke right before here, what was the, what was, I wanted to show my gratitude today. Yeah. And that's, the fact that I want to show my gratitude to you today, and I don't want you to like me, or fear me, or think a certain way about me, or show you a person that I think I'm trying to show you, but just be myself, yeah. is such a blessing. Uh, and that's the goal. I just want to be here for you. Because I asked, I asked uh, Bradley before when we met earlier, like, what is your? Because I do this for all the guests. What is your intention? Tell me what you want to get out of this conversation, so that at the end of the conversation, we don't leave. And I say, oh, you wanted this, and he said, why didn't you ask me that? So he said, I just want gratitude. So, but I learned that from you. Yeah. Did you learn <laughs> that from me? <laughs> so, so. So much of what we saw on the screen with the character that you created also felt like it was coming from this really authentic space of you. Mm. How much of you was him and him was you? I mean, that's a tough question. You know, all of me was him, right? Because I literally yes. am him. Uh, um, but, but Oh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> no, no, but, but no, it's yes. a hard thing to answer, you know, yes. but, but it is true. All, and because I co-wrote it, I was able to make things much, much easier for myself that I wouldn't have to act or create in imaginary circumstances. Little things about Jackson I could beeline a relationship to. Um, and so, sometimes it was pra as practical as casting my dog to play Jackson's dog or Jackson's ear doctor to be my ear doctor. <laughs> yes. Um, but, but, um, it, it was all, but then at the same time, and the one thing I learned from, I went in, in Las Vegas, I went and sang with Lady Gaga like last week. Yes, yeah, It was crazy. But the thing that I realized, it just reinforced when I watched the video, and I thank God I created a character, because that was like some dorky guy from Philadelphia <laughs> up on that stage. So I that always was knew not I, Jackson that up was there. not Jackson Maine. Yeah. <laughs> not even for a second. Because people have drawn parallels to your life and Jackson Maine's life uh, with the character. And you've said that in creating this particular piece of art that you actually hope people did learn more about you or a lot about you. I mean, I think anytime your art is, uh, you, you put your art out there and it's as personal as you can make it, you can learn everything uh, about that person uh, by the art that they make. You know, Rain Wilson said this to me once, that art is just another form of prayer. Mm. And that's what I felt when I was watching oh, wow. your film, that it was, it was like a prayer, it was an offering, mm. that it came out of a sacred space that you were offering this story, this work, every single piece of information that you laid there on the screen in, a, in, a, in an sensual way, mm. that it was like an offering. It felt like a prayer. It, 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 that's very accurate, yes. I would say that's, that this is what it felt like. Yeah. And, and the beautiful thing about it was it was a communal offering. And that's what I love filmmaking so much. So it wasn't just me, it was everybody who had anything to do from, with the movie. And what did this movie say about who you are? As a person? Yeah. You mean the story itself? Yeah, or? all of it. The making of it, all of uh, it. That I know that at I need. At the end of this, at the end of this journey, as you, you said, you've already laid it down, but at the end, 
for us, it'll be Oscar night. Okay, now that's laid down now for a time. You you came into what part of yourself by doing this? Film? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, well, I found myself in a, a place of uh, utter serenity artistically, where I was in the right place at the right time every day I was working on this movie. That was a wonderful feeling. Um, it also gave me the confidence to keep doing it, uh, and also made me realize just how much, how much more powerful we are when we work together. The fact that I could have a dream and then all of these people that helped and worked on the movie and put all of themselves, and I demanded a lot, they, they, we all worked together to fulfill that dream. I mean, that, that gave me a lot of confidence about community and about um, uh, going further what, what we can all create together when we work together. Because that is the thing I love about filmmaking. It is a collaborative art form. Uh, so does Lady Gaga have any advice for you about singing live in front of tens of millions and millions and almost a billion people? You know, her best advice, and she gave it to me when we were shooting the drag bar scene when Jackson sings when he's waiting for her to come out of the, mm -hmm. the, the dressing room. Um, I sang it once and she came up to me and just whispered. She said, you don't have to, don't, don't try to sing it. And, and it, was, it was the best, it was the best direction. And it's just when I just, I'm just saying, if I'm actually, like acting, I'm actually talking. When you're talking, yeah. you're, you're telling a story when you sing. And then all of a sudden, all the work just comes through without you trying to force it. So her best advice to me about singing was just try not to sing. Will you? <laughs> which is interesting, which is kind of like acting, because you're trying to get people not to act. Right. Just to, to actually just behave and get out of your head. Will you be the most nervous you've ever been when you're singing up there on You know, stage? my hope is that I won't be nervous at all. Okay. You know, my hope is that, because I, if, no, because I want to enjoy it. I want to enjoy it. That's true. And if you're nervous, you'll, you'll miss yeah, the whole you thing. Yeah, you tend not to enjoy it if you're, you're yeah, your mind's racing. I just want to be completely present. I think you're going to be, you're just going to ride that wave right into the moment because you would have rehearsed the, That's exactly. the day before. Yeah. You're going to know what yes. you're doing. So the only And we did sing everything live in the movie. So it's not like I haven't had that experience. It is much different on live television at the Oscars and Jackson Maine doesn't exist anymore. Um, uh, but but you know, what was terrifying was going in Vegas when there was no rehearsal and I was watching the show and just got up there. Uh, and also I just felt like I didn't want to let her down because she had just done this incredible show for two hours and I'm going to ruin it in the last five minutes. <laughs> um, but no, I'm going to put the work in. Yes. And so the hope is when you put the work in, then you can just enjoy it and then you give it away. And that's the whole thing is people want to hear that song. I have no desire to sing that song at the Oscars, but I have a desire for people to hear something they want to hear. And you're doing that for us. That's right. Thank you. <laughs> so Lady Gaga said this about you. She said she ran from Stephanie for a long time, and then she put on a superhero cape and called herself Lady Gaga, mm. and that you challenged her to do a deep dive into a place where she had to see herself again, mm. where I had to be Stephanie again, she said. How did you do that? Um, I hope I did that through example, that she saw that I was holding her hand and we were doing it uh, walking down the path together, mm -hmm. uh, and that was part of the, the benefit of being able to act in the movie I directed. Um, she put the work in. You know, I, I actually knew that she wasn't in that place. And I asked the studio if we could wait two months, which as you know is a big deal. And we just doubled down and we worked with uh, two acting coaches that, I, that I've learned, that I've loved over the years, Susan Batson yeah. and Elizabeth Kemp, who has since passed, who was a major influence and teacher in my life. Um, and she just put the work in uh, because all I was interested, as I said, was having something real and authentic. And I thought that 
Eric, uh, Will, and I wrote a character that if she dug deep, she could find a real authentic way to inhabit that role of Allie. And, uh, and she put the work in, and then she was just magnificent. Best Actress nominee. Yeah. Hello. And that must have been rewarding to you, too, having her oh, get nominated. My God. And Sam Elliott. And Sam. Oh, yeah. OK, so when Sam got nominated. Oh, no, oh. Was, uh, no come on. Come on. Oh, it was amazing. 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 And yesterday, the, it was a great thing. So they, they ask you all to go on these risers, and they take a photo. And it takes a long time to put, uh, for everybody, everybody to go to up. up yeah, yeah. And, I, and, and uh, Stephanie was two people to my left, and then Sam was like 10. And I was just, and Tom O'Sanich, the sound mixer, and Mark Ronson, who wrote a song, was over there. But I was just watching. I spent a lot of the 45 minutes while they were calling names, and we're just standing there, just looking at the two of them and thinking, like, this is, just, I felt just so grateful. It was amazing. Yes. And seeing Sam Elliott, who's been in this business for over half a century, just, you know, up there, and I could tell that he was, he, I think he was really proud. Enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I think this is so important, too, that critics say you redefine how masculinity actually is portrayed in a film. It feels fresh. Mm. And we get to see a variety of male characters as being vulnerable and emotional. Uh, Sam Elliott and Dave Chappelle and Andrew Dice Clay and Anthony Ramon and dra drag star, yeah. Shangela. Shangela. Yeah, and Willem. Yeah. yeah. So yep. was that one of your intentions? Yeah. Absolutely, uh, and specifically Sam Elliott. Uh, I thought there was a meta aspect to Sam, to watching Sam Elliott, who we've seen in so many movies, play this sort of wise, yeah. sage, he's got it all together. What happens when we watch that actor with that voice just had to endure life filled with resentment? Uh, and that was one of the things I, when I first pitched the movie to Sam and I asked him to come over, I said, listen, I want to see you play a guy who has that is the thing that you've been holding on to your whole life. That, that, that interests me. Um, Andrew Dice Clay, uh, I wanted to just strip him completely and play somebody just filled with love, you know, and be vulnerable. And, and he was very vulnerable in this movie. You know, his left eye, he can't see out of barely, and that's why he always wears glasses. So for him to take his glasses off, and you can see that he calls it the dead eye, um, that was a very vulnerable thing for an actor to do, and he was willing to do that. Um, Dave Chappelle, I, I, Always, that was the case. I wanted him to play Noodles just because of what Dave's gone through in his life, that I thought that he could really tap into a real place for himself when he's giving Jackson that advice at the crossroads of what yes. to do yeah. and the choices that Noodles slash Dave has made in a lot of ways. Um, that's just the way men have behaved in my life. You know, I was thinking about my uncle and my father. I didn't see a lot of emotion, and, and there were a lot of pauses before emotional moments growing up watching men. And, and, and that always crushed me as a child, watching my father cry. You literally see them choke Oh, yeah, them. I remember when my grandfather cry, died, and we were in the hospital, and my uncle, who I idolized, was there, and he came, and my father was there, and him touching my father's shoulder. And my father was sort of the surrogate child from my mother's side of the family. She had a wonderful Italian family, and he was sort of adopted by them in a lot of ways. And my uncle said to him, he loved you like a son. And, 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 and that was just a moment seeing them both break down that uh, was ingrained in my brain forever. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's huzzah! A toast to breakfast. The next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. 
Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. Mm. Your father passed, your father Charles passed away in 2011. Yeah. The two of you I have read were very close, and you describe this as a seminal moment in your life that actually shifted into a new oh, yeah. reality. Uh, I read that he died in your arms. Yeah. Yeah. What was it like for you to, to, to bear witness to that? Um, yeah. It was everything. It was the biggest gift he gave me. Mm. The second biggest gift. Having me, bringing me into this life, and then him uh, allowing me to be witness to his passing was equally as huge. And it, it really honestly felt like he was cradled, his head was right here, and when he took the last breath, I honestly felt like it went into me, and i never seen anything the same since. And I stopped sweating stuff that I was sweating before that. Uh, it changed the way I was as an actor by like the next day. Um, and I just started to live my life in a different way. Um, it was, I had, I had seen someone die before, but, but losing my father in that way, it, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was changed. Everything. Yeah, I, I knew that that would be a tough question for you, but I wanted to ask it because I, I wanted to have this conversation. I just believe I have seen it so many times myself and feel that when somebody who loves you dies, and I'd never heard you talk about like his last breath going into you, but I feel and know in my spirit that that's what happens. That people who have loved you here in this dense plane, when they pass, the energy of them abides with you in a way that it absolutely could not when they were in the dense body. Mm. That something happens in the transference. I mean, that's how I experienced it. If, I, if you I, told I me- I can't even believe you're saying this because this is what I know to be true. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could tell you exactly. I remember the, the, his head and his bald head, balding head, the, 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 the texture of his linens. And then I remember raising my head and my dog, Charlotte at the time was there at the bed and it was nighttime and exactly the clock, everything. I remember that moment and I looked up and I thought, everything was different. And I think that's because you actually, if you're open to receive it, you become more expanded, mm. you become bigger, that the spirit of that person comes in and abides with you in a way that was not possible in the density of the, of the earth plane. I hope so. And so you are better, you, are the, you actually become the better for it. Yes. Did you oh, feel no, that? Oh, Did no you feel question. that? Oh, no question. Stronger, more Stronger. open, yeah. more willing to fail because of him and because of that transparency. And there's a knowingness that happens that you didn't know before, right? There's a lot of knowingness. I yeah. mean, the, the reality of mortality uh, hits you like a ton of bricks. And grows you up right there. 
So you're a father now, and you said that your father comes to you in your dreams. Are those dreams healing for you? Oh yeah, I I I I cherish them. Oh, I love when he's in, when he's in my dreams. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's funny. In the beginning, he was very sick in my dreams, and now in my dreams, he's healthy. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he was very sick in my dreams the first couple years, and now um, when he comes, he he he's like 50 years old. <laughs> he's he's pretty healthy. Yeah. You said that having a family has been a miracle. How so? How oh. is how is how has that changed you? It's changed everything. Yeah, I mean, uh, our daughter is uh, she's incredible, and I see my father and her quite often and. I can't believe I'm going to admit this, but I have in moments when she was a child and I was just in the room with her, I would say, uh, I, would, <laughs> I would say, Dad. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's some moments where she looks just like my father. And I'm like, like, Dad, is this you? <laughs> <laughs> I've watched too many movies. <laughs> So you shared with us earlier about what you do, that it's meditation every day. You seem pretty grounded, like you're handling this whole lifestyle, Hollywood, all of it. It, it has its place with you. Mm. Uh, but it also is like, you, you know that movie, um, I think it was uh, Broadcast News? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. When William Hurt looks at Albert Brooks and uh, asks, what do you do when your real life exceeds your dreams? And uh, I think Albert Brooks answered, keep it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's good advice. Uh -huh. So you've had the quite the you've had quite this rise. What what does it mean to be able to fulfill your dreams and be able to, as you were saying with this film, just live out the greatest artistic expression? It, it provides uh, the the uh, the courage to keep going and expanding. You know, it's funny, I was, I never, even when I was a kid, I never had, you know, where do you see yourself in five years? Yeah. Or a board. For some reason, that never, that never was something that spoke to me. But maybe that's because I knew I wanted to make movies since I was 12. And I was almost burdened by that knowledge in some ways. Um, but the thing, the thing that, that I feel like, for example, like if this movie gave me anything, it's almost like if my, if my like landscape of vision was like this before, it just went like that. And I feel like, okay, now, oh, I almost, now I see other potential and ability to tell stories, uh, to keep telling stories that I think that fear had made it, you know, put blinders yeah. on. And now so I, it's expanded. It's you. expanded my, my, my uh, inspiration to create. You, you just can't do better than that. And a lot of people, as you know, think uh, people become actors because they want to be famous. Mm. And you've described fame as, I think you called it a, a song and cacophony of noise. Yeah. And then silence. Yeah. What do you mean by that? What is well? What is that I, in for terms you? of this this property, A Star Is Born, and how there, it, an element of it which is unavoidable is how do you deal with fame? And I and I didn't want to have any. I just didn't have an interest of showing like a press conference or being chased by paparazzi. But so I thought, what is the sort of impact of fame? And I thought, sonically, is how I think about fame, where you're with the cacophony of noise at the beginning of the movie, and then a and silence. So that you're, you know, I'm here with you, with all of you, and it feels wonderful, and I'm filled, and then I'm going to leave, and then, you know, you have to readjust, and, and that, that, that's the transition that, that you have to make, um, and that's why family is everything, and, and that was part of why I wanted to tell the story of Jackson, is because he didn't curate any other aspect of his life, because this is, that's, that's going to go. 
Um, and so that, that's how I wanted... You mean I the wanted... fame part? Yeah, the fame yeah. part, yeah. yeah. But, I, but personally, I had the benefit of Hangover was really the first time that I felt that shift. Um, and I was 36 at the time, I think. And I had also been working as an actor for so long, and I'd seen so many people go through it that it, I, I, I was very lucky that it didn't, it didn't happen when I was like 20. But also, so it, it, I always knew the reality of that. It's never going to give me anything that I want, nor does it have anything to do with me, really. But isn't it interesting that you have also cultivated meditation and being able to center yourself because when the silence comes, when the silence comes, you have to be able to be comfortable with the silence yes. and okay with yourself in order to do that. You have to be, I want to be comfortable with myself no matter what. Whether I became famous or not would have nothing to do with whether I needed to do the work on myself as a human being. Just being alive, I think, necessitates the work that's needed. Yeah. We can see you've been doing some work there, Mr. <laughs> Cooper. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. I'll be you cheering great? for you. you. And you know what? I'll be most looking to see your face when Sam Elliott wins. I oh. want to see your face when oh. he wins. Thank you so much. Bradley Cooper! I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Super Soul Conversation. Thank you for listening. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car... Use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader.